This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You are listening to a Bucking Spurs podcast. This is your boy Rob Trejo coming at you today. Top seven storylines heading into training camp. One, can the young guys lead? Can they lead us and take the load off our dynamic duo? Number two, now that the Warriors are not setting the landscape in the NBA, this year opens up a lot of possibilities, a lot of interesting possibilities of how teams can play. So I want to talk about that. I think we can play fast. Teams can try to play small ball and and maybe even get the best out of other teams and maybe even win a championship. Before, you couldn't because the, the Warriors were the best at it. So we're going to talk about that. Storyline number three, can Lonnie Walker contend for a six-man-of-the-year nominee spot? Maybe not win it, but can he play at that level? we we'll to talk a little bit about that. Number four, can Patty and Marco take a hit in minutes all while continuing to stay ready and lead by example? Number five, can an infusion of Trey Lyles and Damari Carroll really move the needle and keep us competitive for 48 minutes? Number six, the Derek and DeJounte dilemma. Do they play together? Do we separate them? Number seven, can the rookies cause some waves in training camp and prove that they belong? All that and more. But first, drop this beat. come out and go guns blazing from the start of the season to the end of the season now what i mean is look we've rid the backs of lamarcus aldridge and patty mills and you know demar Derozan for a season for some time now okay so i think it's time i think the time is nine the time is neon now okay can the young guys lead and take the load off of our dynamic duo and our veterans and I believe that this is the year where we can say with wholeheartedly, without any question marks, that it is the time. Of, we're talking about our young group of guys like DeJounte Murray and Derek White and Brent Forbes. Jakob Poto, he's, he's ready. He's been in the league for a while. Trey Lyles has been in the league for a while. Uh, Lonnie Walker can be stepping up into a big role, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. I think the time is now. I think the answer is yes. I think that we can wholeheartedly go into this season and be like, you know what? I mean, we were going to do it last year. Last year was going to be the, the year that we gave the ball to, to, to uh, DeJounte. And DeJounte was going to get that rock and he was going to lead us. That was the plan. And plans change. Everyone, just like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? And DeJounte going down was that right hook across the face. And we took it like a champ. 
we adjusted we kept our composure Derek white stepped up other player Brent Forbes stepped up all season long and we we're able to manage right but I think this year we're not just gonna manage we're gonna thrive we are going to thrive baby I feel like we can actually ride the backs of these young guards on the perimeter and Jakob in the post and Trey Lyles in the post and where that gives so much like off the head of LaMarcus and LaMarcus knows that he doesn't need to score 20 a game to for us to win no I think Bryn's going to be able to help us there I think that DeJounte and Derek are going to be able to help us there and DeMar DeRozan's going to be able to play a little bit more freely too like hey yes you are two all-stars you are the two guys getting paid the most on this roster but hey this is a team thing and the rest of the team has grown up the kids have grown up and they're ready to ball and they're ready to lead so i'm really excited about that that's storyline number one is how we come out in training camp what the plan is and we won't know until we see it right during the season um but i think we can give a lot of responsibility and i think they can handle it and i think we're gonna thrive I talked about it on my YouTube video on drive through Spurs takes. So if y'all aren't following me on YouTube, I've been posting a lot. I've been more active on there. So make sure you go on YouTube and check out my videos. I've been posting at least once or twice um, a day for the past week or so. So check that out. Um, but I get into it there and I talk a lot about a young Denver team. You know how Denver had to play together for a few years before they can take that next step, right? I mean, they went from not making the playoffs for two years being right outside it's because the young guys were still developing they were taking their lumps and they were learning right what it takes to be competitive in the west and win that many games to be a competitive playoff team and last year against us they took another step forward they were able to take care of the spurs a coach pop led team and get out of the first round and so they're going to be even more ready coming into this season and i feel like that was that resembles a lot of um, a young okc you know when OKC was young you had they drafted very well right obviously they drafted three MVPs and then they brought in the right tools around them the right players around them they brought in Scott Brooks and they were able to get it done after two or three years of, of playing and really understanding what their roles are and how they can individually be successful and how they can be successful together and I feel like our young guys the ones that I mentioned earlier are ready to take that leap because you can't hold these young guys in a cage anymore you know, DeJounte, Derek White obviously had a huge season. Bryn was last year. You can argue that that was Bryn's breakout season, too. I mean, he started on how many games for us? Almost every single game for us. And he stepped up in the playoffs. And he was one of our most consistent players in the playoffs. So you can say that Bryn took a huge jump, too. So the learning curve I'm talking about, the past two or three years, the learning curve should is, is now is the time for it to pay off. And it's going to pay off by us being able to rely on them give them more responsibility ask them to score more ask them to do more things on the defensive end asking them to lead us asking them to step up on the defensive side of the ball and and really be the problem you know because right now for other teams you know they're looking at the scouting report and they see okay Lamarcus Aldridge is gonna we gotta we gotta figure out how to stop Lamarcus we gotta figure out how to stop DeMar because those are the two guys everyone else is just kind of you know the supporting cast well now that supporting cast has grown up and they should be the problem that other people are thinking about, that other teams scout against. Okay, how are we going to stop Bryn? How are we going to stop DeJounte and, Der and Derek? Right? Like, okay, so Lonnie, the, Lonnie's going to be a new problem for everyone too. So I'm interested in that as, as my number one storyline is how we see these guys being handled in the first weeks or two weeks or whatever training camp. And we'll see in the preseason as well what type of minutes, what type of schemes and lineups that were that style of play that we're going to play. 
and we'll see if these young guys are ready to take the, that next leap. Now that the Warriors are no longer the Warriors, let's be real. I think everybody wanted to go small ball. Everyone saw the Warriors doing it, shooting a lot of threes. And with Kevin Durant coming into the fold when he did, took him to another level. And a lot of teams tried to maybe zig. I mean, well, we didn't. A lot of other teams tried to copy them and they failed. And there's no way that you can beat the Warriors by playing small and trying to outshoot them. And, you know, so now that the Warriors are not the Warriors, it's a reset button on the whole landscape of the NBA. This year, I think with Kevin Durant not being there and Klay Thompson being injured for, I don't think, he, everyone thinks he's going to come back and play. I don't. I mean, and yeah, an ACL injury can be recovered a lot quicker than it used to it doesn't take that much recovery time but i still think that it's smart for them to let him sit out a season i mean he got hurt just a few months ago like Dejounte got hurt in the pre in the in the preseason of last year and it's taken him a full year to feel comfortable and 100 confident that he's ready to go so i don't see clay coming back so now that it is what it is the warriors are no longer the warriors that's my thing i still think they're going to be damn good and really tough to play but it's not like you can't you know, before you couldn't play small against them because they're better at it and they're going to beat you at it. So that's when we went from 2014, 2013 style play. We're shooting a lot of threes. We're up and down, up and gunning, running and gunning because the Warriors weren't really the Warriors yet. So when they, you know, broke out of their cage and wrecked havoc on the NBA with their style of play, we zagged, right? We're like, okay, we got to go double big. We got to figure out a way to play a different style of basketball that's going to make them have to adjust to us and maybe we can beat them that way. Well, that time is now over. So are we going to go back to playing too big basketball? Or are we going to jump into that time machine and go back to 2013, 2014 and really run and gun, man? That well-oiled machine, man. Just picking up the pace, getting that ball up the floor, hitting that three. Man, like we, I was watching some highlights uh, the other day of 2013, the year that we lost. But, man, Gary Neal was just trigger-happy. Danny Green was trigger-happy, man. Those guys, Manu was just letting them fly. And it was special, man. And we were good. And we were fishing at it, man. We were the and we, and we were solid on the defensive end. So, I think that this is a year where we can maybe ask the question, okay, what style of basketball are we going to play this year? Because I think by default, we were forced out of that style because the Warriors were just too damn good. So, maybe now's the year. Well, hey, we can we can run a gun a little bit more this year. And I think our plan was, you know, our plan should be to give it to DeJounte, let him run, let these young guys run, let Bryn shoot more threes than he shot before. I, I, I want to see an increase in his uh, shot count. I want to see an increase in uh, DeJounte Murray's and uh, and uh, and Derek White's attempts at the at the rim. And, you know, Marco and Patty just to feel a little free because those two are, are killers. You know, that's why this year, man, it would have been so good to have Davis, right? Because Davis led the league in and three-point shooting so if we want to shoot more threes it would be good to have that guy on our squad um but this is the year like i feel like that's a question mark i wouldn't be surprised if we came out this season and saw a totally different style of play than we did last year and we have damari carroll who's a great shooter trey lyles can shoot the three can we ask demar derozan and lamarcus aldridge to adjust as well and shoot more threes because maybe that's the style that we want to play maybe that's why De uh, demar's practicing on his three during the offseason you know because hey maybe the Spurs have told him hey this is a new landscape 
we want to shoot more threes. Last year, we shot the least amount of three-pointers in the entire NBA, but we were the most efficient at it. So we kind of balanced that out, right? But now I think we need to turn up the tick a little bit and say, hey, we have shooters. We have guys that can knock it down, but can we play that that way? And that's another thing that we're going to see come preseason, come uh, the regular season at the end of October. And that's a huge question because we don't have a Pau Gasol. Like the, in the beginning of last year, we had Pau Gasol. And in the preseason, we saw a lot of Powell and LaMarcus, Powell and LaMarcus, a lot of high-low game, a lot of high-low post-to-post game, um, it's, it's, and we're still going to look to LaMarcus Aldridge, don't get me wrong, every time we're coming down the court, he should he should rightfully be option number one, but should that be the style of play that we built into for the to make a run deep in the playoffs, right? We start now, it starts now, we got to start doing what we want to do well now, that way we can build on it because yeah we can come out the gates and we're not gonna we don't have to be great at it you just have to be good and as the season goes on get better and get better and get better and i feel it's interesting to see what style play we're going to play so that's storyline number two storyline number three it's a lot to ask but i think he can get it done lonnie walker's been waiting in the weaves he's ready to go i feel like he's been honing his craft and he's just anxious to show the world what he can do and what he's capable of show spurs nation what he's capable of and i think we all have a an an idea but i'm gonna put this goal out there and i think this is something that's not out of the realm of possibility i think he can get it done i think that lonnie walker if he wanted to and if we can give him the opportunity to get this goal done he can and that is to be in the running at the end of the season for a six man of the year award i feel like we all know he's not gonna start not because he can't, but just lineup-wise and personnel-wise that we have. But if Lonnie can be that first guy off the bench, because he really he really can. He can be our Swiss Army knife. He can come in, play the two-guard, play the small forward, and, uh, and, and guard. If he can uh, do well on the defensive end, then there shouldn't be any doubt in my mind that he can't get this done. Because I think on the offensive side, he's going to be able to come in off the bench and be our leading scorer off the bench. I wouldn't even be surprised if he got the minutes to be our leading scorer in in certain games like let's say he comes off the bench but he ends up putting 20 minutes into a ball game you know not off the not off the tip but off the bench I think he can drop as many buckets as anyone else you know he's just that good he is just that good very Lou Williams like I know Lou Williams is is you know I mean Manu all right I don't have to go that far I have to go as far as Lou Williams even though he's won it twice he's won the award twice but what does he do he comes off the bench and he knows his role his role is to get buckets and I feel like if we give Lonnie Walker that role I think he can flourish it's like Lonnie when you come in the game your job is to score and he's come out and said that too that that when when he got uh, limited minutes this last season I think he only played like in seven games but in those seven games the thing that pop told him the most was hey just be you be lonnie walker get the ball when you get that rebound go coast to coast go to the rim if you can score go score he said that before about pop and that's the advice that he gets just to be lonnie walker and if you you want lonnie walker to be lonnie walker the fourth he's gonna get mad buckets so we need him to be solid on the defensive end we need him to turn his defense into offense he needs to be able to get some steals get on the passing lanes and be able to be a great help defender and help himself out that way but if you put Lonnie on the break on a one-on-two or even shoot even on a one-on-three he's gonna get to the rim and when we're on the break and Lonnie's running to that three-point line 
he can hit it too. Silani can do it all. He can finish above the clouds. He can finish amongst the trees. He can hit the mid-range shot just like Demar. You know, he's not maybe not as seasoned, but he can do it. And he can hit the three. So he can do it all in the offensive end. I think we need to unleash Lonnie. Unleash Lonnie. I like that. I like the way that sounds. We got to let him run free. The hair's got to get going. It's got to be moving, moving and waving. I think that he can be, if we allow him to, take that role to maybe be the sixth man for us. Not just for this year, but for years to come. And say one day we do move away from from DeMar and LaMarcus, Lonnie can step up into that role and, and be a starting uh, three guard for us and play on the wing. He has the mindset. We know that. He has the skills. We know that. Now he just needs the opportunity. And I feel like this ties into the first storyline where it's like, can these young guys lead us? I think if we give Lonnie the opportunity, he will be able to lead our bench. He should be the first guy coming off the bench because he can handle the rock and he can... Uh, do anything that you want him to ask. He can pass the ball too. Like, you know, not not run an offense type stuff. I don't think he's that head smart yet, but he can definitely drive down the lane and kick out to the open guy or drop a dime here. You know, he's 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 so gifted and and he's the one that's going to catch the NBA by storm next year and I hope that he's in the running for six man of the year. All right, we're going to take a break to hear from our brother and sister podcast from Big Heads Media Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Landon Carrico from the Neutral Site Podcast, the premier sports podcast for all Kentuckiana basketball and football content. Join us as four lifelong friends from three rival fan bases debate each other mercilessly and hilariously about the University of Kentucky, University of Louisville, and Indiana University sports, along with some occasional NBA discussions centered around the Memphis Grizzlies. A truly unique podcast that combines comedy and sports where no one episode is ever the same, be sure to check us out on Transistor and on Facebook and Twitter, whether you bleed red or blue, or you wear crimson and cream pants in public. Stay tuned for weekly content, and until then, stay neutral. Storyline number four coming into the 1920 season has to deal with our two guys that we know the most about, the two guys that we're most familiar with, and that's Patty and that's Marco. Two Spurs that have been around, won championships with us but are now getting up there closer to father time, even though they're playing at such a high level. And if you saw these guys play in the FIBA World Cup for their respective teams, Australia and Italy, you saw both of these guys can still ball out. I mean, there's no question that these guys are capable of doing a lot, but the question is, do we need them to? And I feel the answer is no. I feel like, do they need to play an extended role for us? I think the answer is no. And I feel like, should they play a lot of minutes? Should they play more minutes than Bryn, Lonnie, and I think the answer is no. Uh, if Derek or DeJounte come, comes off the bench, they shouldn't be playing more than them either. Right? Do we need Patty and Marco? Absolutely. Why? Because they bring championship pedigree. They bring off playoff um, experience. And they're huge locker room guys. And they set the tone for our culture. They know what we're all about. They know how to keep young guys in line. And they know their roles and they're not problems. Those two guys are never going to be problems. So if the answer is, can they take a hit in minutes all while continuing to stay ready to play when the, when they are called on and lead by example in the locker room from the beginning to the end of the season without being disgruntled with the amount of playing time or their role? Yes, I think they can because you know what? They're going to get their money either way. They don't have to be all-stars. I think they're past their point that point in their careers where 
they feel like they have to prove something. They're still trying to get that next big deal that they're still, you know, like hungry for that type of thing. No, I think those are two ultimate teammates. Those are the two best teammates you can even ask for. So my answer would be that it wouldn't be a problem. I think Patty and Marco can take a, a, a slight down, a, you know, take a little bit less of a role with us on the court wise, keep their roles magnified off the court wise and still be able to produce when called on. And I, I'm not saying that they're not going to play. I just don't think they need to play a lot, especially in the first half of the season. They both had hell of FIBA Cup runs and they both played a lot of minutes 23 25 minutes a game for those teams and yeah you know like it's only x amount of games but it's not just that it's the training camp like they've been you know they sacrificed their summer the same way Derek white did for us um for team usa but they're older they're older <laughs> like i i don't i don't know i don't i'm worried i'm a little bit worried about can the durability last with these two guys if we ask a lot of them and we're at that point again with this team where these young guys should be able to take some of those reins from those two guys and their minutes can trickle down at least for the first half of the season and we should still be able to stay competitive i mean marco and patty can hit game winners they can lead us in scoring if they want to but they know that their role isn't calling for that and they're okay with that so i hope that they're able to take that hit and i'm not saying i don't know you know i'm not in the locker room i'm not with the coaching staff game planning for this season or whatever but in in my eyes i feel that's the role for this year last year is a totally different story last year we're like man we're really going to need marco and patty and rudy gay to step up but now it's like dude i don't think we really need marco and patty to step up rudy's still gonna have to be rudy even though he's got uh trey lyles and damari carroll there to, to share minutes with rudy is still very important to what we do on the court on a game-to-game -game basis Patty and Marco, I don't think that's going to be the case where I'm not saying they're not important, but I think they should take more of a third string role where they're, you know, they're probably only getting 12 to 15 minutes a game last year anyway. But I think that should maybe stay locked in at around 10 to 12 instead of going above that. And I hope that they're OK with it. And I think that they know come playoff times, it's about trust. And I think Pop knows that he can trust these guys. And I think they know vice versa, that Pop is going to use them when they need to and I don't think that's a that's a bad thing this is a year for us to let our young guys run and see how good we can be and if we do that there's going to be sacrifice somewhere and I think Marco and Patty are going to be the ones to take that hit and I hope they're okay with it I think they will be because again those are the ultimate teammates shout out to 2014 where they helped us win that championship ring they're spurs for life and I think they're going to be cool with it Storyline number five. I just mentioned them. Can an infusion of off-season acquisitions really come into the Spurs system and make a difference? How many times have we picked up a free agent in the off-season, a veteran, vet two veterans, and they actually come in and, and really move the needle? I wouldn't say that it's happened much at all. Richard Jefferson comes to mind where he comes in and he just does okay. Antonio McDice came in and played his role. Really didn't move a needle, move the needle that much. Uh, you know, a guy like Boris Diaw is a guy who did move the needle, right? He came in and actually made us a hell of a lot better. And so that's the big question with Trey Lyles. That's the big question with Damari Carroll, right? I feel like those are the two guys that we picked up this season. And can they help us stay competitive 
for a total of 48 minutes. Because if we want to reflect on last year, I think that was a huge problem for us was that we could not at all stay competitive for 48 minutes, which led to a lot of inconsistency, which led to a lot of loss in games, which led to a very, very terrible, ugly, nasty, almost pitiful road record. And we're not used to that, right? We're used to being competitive on the road and at home. We're used to dominating at home and dominating on the road. If you weren't ready for us when we came into the gym, you were going to lose. But it seemed like last year that no matter how, you know, we, we, we went into, no matter whose gym, sorry, not how, but no matter whose gym we went into, they felt like they can beat us. Instead of us going into a gym and they're feeling like, oh shit, we got to be in our, in our game because the Spurs are in town. So I'm hoping that with everything that I've talked about before and with the addition and with the addition of Trey Lyles and Damari Carroll, that we can be able to do that. They're going to be able to bring two things that we haven't had, and that's depth. I mean, last year, let's look at our depth last year. Our two forward positions, kind of who who did they take over? Whose spots did they take over, right? We don't even remember who, who, they, like, who these guys are. I mean, like, yeah, we know who they are, but like Dante Cunningham, God rest his soul. He didn't die or anything, but just, he was just old. He wasn't ready to. T- he he wasn't ready to do everything that he was asked to do last year that we required him to do because of injuries. We required a lot. So, okay, so one of them took over Dante Cunningham's spot. One of them took over um, Quincy Pondexter's spot. Those are two older guys that weren't really able to help us. In other words, those two guys didn't move the needle. The ones that I just mentioned. Trey Lyles and Damari Carroll, they might be able to move that needle on a game-to-game basis. The second thing that they bring to our to the table besides depth is they're going to be able to actually contribute. <laughs> like uh, Damari Carroll is very good at what he does. He's a three and D personified. I've talked about it before and on a on a YouTube video. I love Davis, but he can do a lot more than Davis could. Do I want Davis around San Antonio long term? Yes, I do, because I would love to have that three-point shooting around forever as long as I can. But let's be real. He was limited. He couldn't play in the playoffs. Damari Carroll can play in the playoffs. I don't even care who what the matchup is. He can guard. Flat out, number one, he can guard. And he can. He, he's not a defensive liability every time he's on the floor. And two, if he gets chased off the three-point line, and he is a very, very good shooter on that three-point line, but even if he gets chased off, I feel like, Oh, I don't know that I feel like I've seen it in the highlights of a game film of Damari Carroll that he can actually do something with the ball. Damari, I mean, uh, uh, Davis would take the dribble. He would kick out to another open shooter, which is great. Like that's, that's Spurs basketball. But in the playoffs, you need X factors. You need guys that can make a play, a guy that can do a little bit more for you than you've asked for him to do. And I didn't, I didn't feel like Davis could do that for us. And Damari Carroll is a guy who can take the ball off the dribble go to the rack, or more more often than not, from what I've seen, is that he loves to get to the free throw line. If he's getting off, if he's chased off that, that three-point line, his goal is to get to the free throw line. And he goes in there, gets 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 to his two-footed jump stop, gets all the way in the paint, one pump fake, two pump fake, he just gets you, almost like Tim Duncan-esque, where he can get you in the air, and he draws that foul, and he goes to the line. Trey Lyles is another guy who's so dynamic 
off the ball. Like Trey Lyles is a great screen and roller. He's a great passer. He's an unbelievable pick and pop guy. That's where I see him doing a lot of his damages, being able to set a screen, pop out to that wide open spot on the three ball, catching that ball, shooting it because he can hit it, or going off the dribble, hitting a mid-range jumper, or finding LaMarcus Aldridge down low, or kicking out to a shooter, or dropping a dime even. So both of these guys are dynamic players, where Davis, Quincy Pondexter, and Cunningham, I love them. I appreciate what they did for us last season, and Davis, you know, for a few seasons. But these two guys can really impact the game where the other ones couldn't. So are they going to be able to move the needle for us coming off the bench, giving us that depth that we're absolutely going to need to try to contend for a top four seed in the West. And I believe that we we are that good. We're sleeper top, you know, three, four, five team in the West. I don't I don't know if we'll be first. Houston's always up there. I think the Clippers are, are a recipe for success. But I think after that, you know, you have Denver. And then I think it's it's a toss up. It's a toss up with the Lakers, with Utah, with Portland and us. You know, like we're, we're, we're a lot of the, the guys that I think can win the most games in the West. So that's storyline number five. We'll be right back with storyline six and seven, Derek and DeJounte, number six. And we're going to talk a little bit about the rookies and number seven. But first, another break to hear from our sister and brother pods from the Big Heads Podcast Network. Be right back. Hello out there to be man, woman, and child. This is the B-Team. I'm Nathan Eberhardt. And I'm Michael Hanna. And together we host the UCLA B-Team podcast, your go-to audio source online for news, analysis, opinion, and sometimes even jokes about UCLA Bruins sports. We're proud to be members of the Big Heads Media Network, and you can find our newest episodes every week at BigHeadsMedia.com, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at UCLA B-Team, and hit us up with questions or comments. We love to interact with our listeners. So for a smart, level-headed, if sometimes irrelevant, Unofficial. We cannot stress this enough. Unofficial. Take on the UCLA Bruins. Come join the B team. The biggest question of them all. I feel like this might be the biggest question that's going to determine, not determine anything, because I feel like either way, if the answer is yes or no to this question, we're going to be fine. And it just it gives us two different looks, two dynamic looks. The first, okay, the question is, can... And will Derek White and DeJounte Murray play together and start together? Or are they separated and one of them comes off the bench? And a lot of people think that's going to be Derek White. I think that's still to be determined. I feel like that can change on a game-to-game basis. Some games Derek will start, some games DeJounte will start. But let's talk about them playing together first. This is something I'm most interested in seeing. Okay, so when we start getting our our, uh, our preseason games in, okay, we'll start knowing, okay, well, who's who's more likely going to start um, or are they starting together? So I'm waiting for that first preseason game so that can be revealed to us because I'm in the camp of I think they should start together because no matter what happens, we need a tough defensive backcourt that was our biggest Achilles heel last year is that we couldn't guard on the perimeter and not that we couldn't but we we're inconsistent about it you know Derek White was a hella defender Bryn Forbes took huge strides but still sometimes some nights it hurt us De, um, DeMar DeRozan most nights hurt us on the perimeter so I think if you have these two guys playing together and you can put DeMar DeRozan kind of on the 
on the on the, the the guy on the other team who's not going to be an offensive threat, kind of like what we did with Tony Parker. Tony Parker wasn't the best defender either. He was the one that was always guarding like Cephalosha out in the corner or Mike Miller out in the corner, right? Just the guy that you know you have one job to do when he catches the ball, just kind of close out to him, either either hard or or short. You don't really have to be all dynamic as an as a defender. I think Demar Derozan can. I think I think that helps Demar Derozan. I think if you put these two guys on the, he doesn't have to worry about being. A, a ace defender right in the hole I feel like if you put these two guys together you got the best defensive backcourt in the NBA and I, I don't see how you walk away from that but let's talk about the flip side now what happens if one of them starts and one of them comes off the bench whoa you're telling me that at all times there's either going to be DeJounte or Derek White on the floor oh whoa you're you're gonna have possibly like they're they're two all NBA defending caliber players. Last year, Derek White almost got it. Dejounte's gotten it before. Second team. So you're telling me that you have one of those guys on the floor at all times. Dejounte on uh you know maybe Dejounte starts and then with the second unit, Derek White's on the floor. So you never have that drop off in defense. See that's interesting too. As much as I want the top you know defensive backcourt in the NBA. There's there's a there there's some strategy there. there. There might be a method to that madness of not putting them together, and that's something that we're gonna have to trust the coaching the coaching staff with. And I think that's something that we're gonna obviously play around with all season long. It's not like we are gonna stick to one thing and then that's it. No, there's gonna be adjustments in the lineup all the time, and, and, and we know that injuries happen. Um, matchups happen. Sometimes you need to go small. Sometimes Jakob starts. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes maybe these two guys will start together. Sometimes they won't. And it's interesting to see how the dynamic plays out because I think it's a it's a win win. I mean, I don't think we're losing uh, when it when when and either if we ch- whichever option we choose, we're still coming out ahead because there's always going to be either we're either going to have a really tough starting unit on the defensive end or we're going to have consistency. From the beginning to the end of the game on the perimeter, and and that's that's a beautiful problem to have, and I think that's one of the biggest storylines. I think that's one of the biggest decisions of what type of team we're going to be this year, and what type of style we're going to play, and how we're going to um, be able to endure an 82 game season is this decision right here. And are we going to come out ahead? Are we going to be middle of the pack? How does it work out? Our coaching staff will figure it out. We know we can trust these guys. So that's storyline number six. Our final storyline of the pod of my biggest questions going into training camp. Let's talk about them rookies. I know, I know, I know. I'm very high on this set of rookies. I know, I know, I know. And they're going to go to Austin. They're going to spend a lot of time in Austin. Well, the question is, can these rookies cause some waves? I'm talking about training camp. Training camp will be huge. To determine what the percentage is going to be of games played in Austin versus San Antonio. I think that it's undoubtable that they are going to play some time in Austin. Of course, I know this. If you look at my you know, videos on YouTube, I've kind of gotten a little bit, a little bit wild out a little bit on this. Because I feel like these rookies are ready to contribute now. I feel like... The mo- at most of all, I feel like Keldon Johnson is ready to contribute. And I'm saying this, that training camp is going to be huge. 
not the preseason, not just the preseason, but training camp. I think come the first week or two weeks of training camp, you're gonna the the coaching staff is gonna say, oh, shit, these guys, these Keldon's ready. Shit, Luca actually changes a lot of things when he's on the floor. Like he's he's a, he's an intelligent player. He's a very good passer. He needs to get reps on the defensive end, but maybe we can find him minutes here to work in San Antonio for the Spurs to get some reps. I don't think that we can just walk into this season and be like, oh, okay, Trey Lyles is going to play way more than than um, than Luca. I had that worry too when we when we picked up Trey before Trey Lyles. I was like, man, Luca's going to play a lot. Post Trey Lyles, I'm like, oh shit, he might be in Austin. Um, but I think these guys deserve the shot in training camp to show what they can do. Quindary Witherspoon is the second rounder who's not going to be there. I'm sorry. Quindary is very good. He's a very good player. A four-year college player. He's seasoned. He's ready to contribute now. I think I've heard um, Jeff Garcia on the Locked On Spot, uh, Locked On Spurs podcast. I've come out on that show. Um, he's very high on Quindary, and he's right for to be high on him because he is most seasoned, and he does have a higher IQ level of this game than the other ones. But his upside isn't as as huge and and Quindary is going to be playing in that point guard spot where I feel like the minutes at that spot are very very limited and I feel like Keldon at the shooting guard spot and Luca at the small forward or power forward sorry power forward position and maybe even a small wall big there might be minutes there so I feel like they deserve a shot you know I think training camp is is the grounds where they're going to prove without a doubt that they belong or they're going to prove that they need the development time. Keldon is a dog. He's the hound on the defensive end. And he, more, more than anyone else, is going to, I think, going to show in training camp that he's not scared. He can fight over screens. He's tough enough already. He's not huge or built or whatever, but the, but he's super strong. And he's going to make the little things happen on the floor where it's like, because look, man, I'm a coach. And every year you have that one guy who you think you're not going to be able to find minutes for. But when you put him in games, it's hard to take him out because he's doing all the little things right. He's getting offensive rebounds, getting you second shots. He's closing out. He's making the extra pass on offense. But on, on defense, he's uh, he's able to stay in front of his defender. He's going to be in that help spot. He's the one that's going to be talking the most. He's the one that's going to be active. And it's just so hard to take something like that out of a game. And Keldon's going to be uh, on that, uh, that guy. I have a feeling that's just gonna that's gonna be Keldon on the offensive end. He can move the ball. He can make the extra pass. Um, I think he knows that his mid range, like his off the dribble game, still needs work. Um, but he can definitely catch and shoot. He can definitely finish at the rim. If he's gonna be one of those guys for the Spurs that his role is to cut back door and, and go finish, like he can do that. So he's super athletic. He's super athletic, and he he unleashes that on the defensive end and on the offensive end. He's fine. He's not spectacular yet, but he shows the flashes that one day he will be. And I feel like Keldon, more than anyone else, is going to prove in training camp that he's ready to go. Luca needs. I'm on the fence here. I just, I don't know. Luca, I know. I know he needs work on the defensive end. I saw it. I was there. I was there at Summer League where Luca was late on his rotations, man. It seemed like every offensive board. That was given up, was given up on, was was because of Luca. Every time we got scored on when he was in there, was because of Luca. And I was, I'm, I'm real there too. I'm not trying to hide that and just you know blow smoke all this time. And say Luca's you know the second coming of whatever, of Dirk. But 
I think that Luca's upside. Oh my God, Luca's upside is crazy. Luca's the guy that's like, okay, we're gonna have to live with him learning slowly about our defensive rotations. But if you let him play, he's gonna change the game. The games, you know, when Manu checked in the game, the game was we just it was different. Like things happened, you know, magical things happened. You know, he was able to make the right play all the time. He was able to 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 play on another on another level mentally than everyone else. And you know that. You saw that when Manu was on the floor. He was in his own little world. I see that in Luca. I see him being able to break this game down in his head. And he's so skilled with the ball. Like he's such a good passer. He loves to 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 feed his teammates. He can shoot. He has crazy bounce. He has he has the same vertical as Blake Griffin when he came in the league, so he can finish at the rim. He needs to, he needs to put on a little bit more size too, and that will take time. That'll take a whole year or two years. I mean, look at Bryn. Bryn it took him like a year and a half, two years, and then he came back slow as shit. And I think even this year he's coming back even more jacked up, right? So if you look at his Spurs stories, you can see that. But Luca eventually will get there with his size, but he's so skilled. It's hard for me to think that. I think we need to see what he can do on the floor. As a coaching staff, you want to see him play with everyone else on our roster. And you know that, in, like in the G League, he was playing with other... I mean, sorry, not in the G League. In the Summer League, he was playing with other rookies, other G League caliber players. But when he's playing in the NBA, he's not going to be playing next to, you know, uh, a bunch of guys you've never heard of. He's going to be playing next to Derek or you know DeJounte or Patty Mills or or uh, Rudy Gay like he's gonna be playing with some studs that can pick up the slack a little bit on the defensive end so I think that these those two guys need to show in training camp what they can do and that'll determine what the percentage will be again I know they're gonna go spend time in Austin I know that but what the percentage is gonna be because I feel it should be like a 70 30 split I think they should be playing most of their time this season in San Antonio with the occasional drop down to Austin. Very much like Corey Joseph, very much like uh, DeJounte, Davis. See, these those guys, those see these are the guys that we, we always talk about our, our Austin team. Okay, yeah, let's throw them down there for a whole year. Look what it did for Derek White. Look what it's about to do for Lonnie. You know, DeJounte spent some time down there. Yeah, but other guys too, like, like Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi did it too. Kawhi. Uh, Corey Joseph, uh, a lot of our other guys that were kind of pre uh, 2000, pre 2014, 2000, yeah, those guys spent most of the time in in San Antonio with the occasional drop down to Austin when they weren't getting enough playing time, but then they always came back. They always came back to San Antonio, and I feel like that's got to be the percentage for our guys this season because they're ready and they can help us now. They help us win regular season games. Come playoffs, yeah, look. In the playoffs, they won't play unless they're just, they've shown that throughout throughout the regular season that we can trust them. But I think in the playoffs, they won't play as much. But I think during the regular season, they deserve to earn their keep. And training camp is going to be huge. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of a Bucking Spurs podcast. Make sure to go and subscribe right down below. Follow us on YouTube. Big shout out to... Um, everyone that's listening uh, and watching on YouTube, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, BuckingSpurs.com will be coming soon. Working on that, where you can find all of a Bucking Spurs podcast and a Bucking Spurs YouTube stuff, Instagram tweets, all that stuff will be at BuckingSpurs.com coming soon. Uh, coming soon. 
Um, again, shout out to Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Uh, if you're interested in any other podcast, there's so much going on over there from sports to pop culture to history to um, music to, you know, anything, just general podcasts. Like there's so much good content at, at BigHeadsMedia.com. So go give them a, uh, uh, a few clicks. Go check them out. All right. So that's going to be it. We'll be back to you. The season's about to start. We're very excited about everything that's about to come our way. Go Spurs go.